one. Welcome back to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Thank you very much for joining me. I am happy to be welcoming SYP creator Fuji on to do an NBA trade deadline recap pod. Fuji, what's going on, man? What's happening? What's new? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm in Kelowna. I'm in Scott's room, SYP creator Scott's room. Uh, we're doing Super Bowl weekend here. But while Super Bowl is important, so is the NBA trade deadline. Uh, big day today. We're recording this on February 10th. Uh, we're talking about some of the big deals that happened today. I don't know how in-depth you want to get into some of these deals, uh, but we'll probably have you know some good conversations here. Um First of all, Fuji, what was just your overall immediate thoughts on deadline day, just on the day itself? Um, a lot of big news happened. It was kind of quiet at first. I'll kind of came around right at the end. Uh, a lot of interesting deals, I guess. A lot of lowballing, to be honest. Um, you know, but there were a lot of great moves and a lot, some pretty notable ones that we'll be talking about. So. I think, we'll, I think we'll go with chronological order. We'll get to the big ones that happened today later on. Let's go all the way back to almost a week ago. Uh, the Clippers got Robert Covington, Norman Powell, uh, Norman. People love Norman. Um, in exchange for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, second-round pick. Kind of, We'll start with a, a bit of a softball here. We'll start with a bit of an easy one, work our way in. What did you think about this Clippers move to get Covington and Powell? Uh, from Portland, um, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good move, especially for the Clippers. Um, it just makes them even more ready for playoffs. Uh, picking up Covington to play the spot that I guess Kawhi or Paul George would play gives some more flexibility around the small forward, power forward position. Uh, Covington's a really good two way player. Uh, Norman Powell definitely the centerpiece of this deal, though. Um, he's going to be really good. He's a great shooter, good defender, uh, good playmaker. He'll fit right in with the Clippers, and especially when Kawhi and Paul George come back, he'll definitely be a great piece surrounding them. Like, I think that's the thing about Norman is that he's 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 a really good six man. Like, I don't know if he's a starter, but I think as if you have him as a six man, which I think the Clippers might try and do, maybe they'll throw in some starter minutes, especially with Kawhi and PG out. Um, I think it's a really you know, solid move. And I get where the Blazers are coming from in doing this. You know, they're giving, you know, Norman and Covington another opportunity to go play for a championship. Assuming the Clippers can get that far with those guys healthy. Um, but really the whole, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the whole takeaway from Portland during this podcast will be they're they're rebuilding and they're you know trying to get as much cap space so that's kind of why they went with this but you know this is I think each team kind of gets like either a B plus or a B maybe Portland you can give a C plus grade too like I think it's it's a fine deal for both teams I I think you would agree with that it makes sense why each team would do it yeah for for the Clippers I would give this an A for sure Okay. Uh, you, you gave up virtually nothing. You're giving up Eric Bledsoe and a second round pick and a couple of rotational guys. And you're getting back a starting shooting guard. You're getting back who's a guy who's probably going to be one of your starting forwards or at least coming right off the bench for in your forward slot. Um, giving up Eric Bledsoe, 
Justice Winslow, a bench guy, and a second round pick. I mean, I feel like Portland really got robbed here. Hey, don't sleep on Winslow. Okay. Remember in grade 10 when we had science with Mr. Cleary? And this is really going back in the in the in the memories. And friend of the pod, Anvir Desi, was like the biggest Winslow guy. He's like, dude, Winslow, he's gonna take off here. Like, don't sleep on Winslow. And like that was like year three or four into the Winslow experience. I think he also said that Whiteside was going to be the next great center. I think he did. I feel like he did say something like that. That sounds right. Oh, poor Andir. Okay. Um, the Karis LeVert deal. Uh, Cleveland gets Karis LeVert, a second-round pick this year from Miami. And the Pacers get Rick, Ricky Rubio, who's on an expiring contract towards ACL. He's not playing for the rest of the year. Uh, a lottery-protected first-round pick this year, a second-round pick this year from Houston, and a second-round pick in 2027 via Utah. Um, this is a classic case of Cleveland just stockpiling at, like getting more you know, assets or at least a quality player for a playoff push, you would think, right? That, that's what we see mm-hmm. here with the Cavs. Yeah, for sure. I thought Karis LeVert probably had more value, but I guess since you're getting a lottery pick, then kind of does add up. Um, really good for the Cleveland Cavaliers to pick up LeVert. Uh, he's a really talented, skilled two-way player. He's a great playmaker, vision scorer. Um, he'll definitely make a difference as soon as he gets there. Uh, I believe they played tonight. I believe they played t- yesterday or tonight, and Karis already probably making an impact. Um, they're getting ready for the playoffs. they got another guy slot in at the shooting guard position, Garland and Levert in the backcourt. Um, you know, there's going to be a great backcourt. They're a great young team. Karis Levert isn't even, like, very old. Still hasn't hit his prime. Uh, just a really good pickup overall. And Indiana obviously getting a lot of picks in return. And Ricky Rubio expiring contract. They'll get some salary space. It's kind of disappointing with um, Levert from an Indiana perspective because, like, they traded Oladipo to get Levert. Like, he was, they were both involved in the uh, James Harden trade last year. Mm. And it just never worked out. Like, it just never felt like it clicked, right? Whether it was injuries or just Indiana's play, like, it just never felt like it clicked. And I appreciate the fact that Levert's getting this opportunity to go play for a winning team right now. He's got quality pieces around, like Jared Allen's a really good piece. Darius Garland's had a, having a really good season. Same with rookie Yvonne Mobley, um, Evan Mobley, excuse me. So, you know, there's a lot to like about this Cleveland team, and it, I don't know if it pushes them into, you know, championship, like, title contenders tier. Like, I don't think they're at that tier yet, but I think they could win around maybe two even with the addition of LeVert, like another scoring option. I think it makes sense for from the Cavs' perspective. Um, and again, the Pacers, as we'll talk about throughout this podcast, it's a rebuilding time. Like, they're trading assets and they're rebuilding, starting a new future. So, any other thoughts on the LeVert trade? Is there any other things that you like about it? Any other perspectives on it that you want to share? Um, I think this, I think this deal is just going to be really good for the Cavs overall. Um, they desperately needed another playmaker outside of Garland. Uh, they can stagger the Garland minutes and the Levert minutes as well. They can kind of just have more ball movement overall. Um, yeah, just really filling the void that Ricky Rubio left. Um, 
which is why the Cavs were a lot, a lot more successful because they weren't solely relying off of Garland to create opportunities for teammates. Uh, Ricky Rubio was doing that as well. And he had a terrific year this year until he mm-hmm. had his ACL injury. Um, but yeah, you know, you, they want to make a playoff push and Rubio can't be there. Might not be there next year. The Verts is the way safer bet. I kind of like to see them. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd kind of like to see them like give Rubio like a minimum contract next year and just have him as like a depth piece. Like I kind of like to see Cleveland have a really good year this year, uh, kind of catapult into a good team next year, maybe like the Atlanta Hawks almost from last yeah. year and then have Rubio as like a veteran's minimum. I kind of like to see that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd like to see something like that happen. Um, you know, just another, because like you say, Rubio's had a good season with Cleveland. Yeah. It's just torn ACL and he's out and he's going to be a free agent in the off season. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, let's get to one of the big deadline deals on February 8th. CJ McCollum uh, going to New Orleans along with Larry Nance Jr., Tony Snell, with Portland getting Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, who I literally forgot existed, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Diddy Luzuda, 2022 protected first-round pick, and two second-round picks. Um, this is a, it's an, it's an interesting trade for sure. Why, why did the Pelicans specifically go for McCollum, do you think? Why do you think they went for him to be that guard on the team? Um, I think compared to other like borderline all-star players, I think he had a lower asking price. Uh, Portland was look is already looking desperate to make moves to uh, sell CJ before his contract expires to try and get pieces in return, um, clear salary cap space, just get get assets. Um, I really think that CJ was worth a lot more at the deadline. Um, but Portland does pick up a couple young guards as well as picks um, Josh Hart and Nikola Alexander Walker, uh, obviously talented young guards. Um, it's kind of confusing to me that the Pelicans go for this deal, considering they're kind of in the same spot as the Blazers where they're trying, they're in a rebuild. Um, you know, I think there's a sense of urgency to try and, get pieces around Zion. So Zion stays. Um, but, you know, it, it's, I'm unsure if this is the right time to try and do that. It, it was kind of confusing. It feels forced. Like mm. it feels like a desperate type move from New Orleans um, to do this. And like, I like CJ. I think he's a, a solid player. Um, like this kind of feels like, it kind of feels like a poor man's like DeMontis Savonis type trade, which we'll talk about next, where like you're kind of giving up on Josh Hart, who I really like as a bench player. You're giving up on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who hasn't quite taken that next step this season, but I still feel like is a, you know, a valuable prospect that you can build around um, in the future. And you're giving up, you know, first round, a protected first round pick this year, which it just seems like a lot to give up for McCollum. And I get that McCollum's under contract for three more years, so I guess you have that security, but I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I just – I like this deal for Portland. I like this deal for Portland. 
Um, yeah, for Portland, it's really good to get rid of CJ Collins with contract already. Um, you never know what the picks might turn into, and you never know how good Nikhil or Josh Hart could be. Exactly. Um, let's get into the next trade, and let's do let's do the Demontis Sabonis trade. So Indiana gets Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson, who's an expiring contract. In exchange for DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a 2027 second round pick. God, we talked about this when it happened, but you you're really giving up way too early, I feel like, on Tyrese Halbert. And I like Sabonis mm. as a player, like you know, as a big guy who does work inside when I play basketball. I can really appreciate what Sabonis does, but to give up on Halliburton that early, especially for Sacramento, who, you know, they talk about changing the culture within the organization and trying to build something different and new. This kind of just feels like an L for them. And I like, again, I like Sabonis. I think he's a quality player, but this feels like it hurts the off the court locker room by more than it improves the on the court uh, actual play of the team. What are your thoughts on the deal? Um, well, it makes sense to make a deal for Sabonis for the Kings to get somebody to play alongside the Aaron Fox. But what didn't make sense about it was giving up Halliburton. All the other pieces, you know, get moving Buddy Hield's contract since he didn't, he wanted out already. Um, getting Sabonis. Uh, getting rid of Tristan Thompson's contract as well. They got a second round pick. They got a couple of rotational guys that they could waive or, you know, potentially use maybe, but just giving up the Halliburton as well. Um, you know, it, it felt like if you looked at the trade, you could have done this trade without including uh, Buddy Heald. Honestly, you could have just did like Tyrese and Tristan for Sabonis and the rest of the guys like, it, it doesn't feel like Tyrese is that much further behind Sabonis. Obviously, Sabonis has been an all-star, uh, but Halliburton, he's played extremely well. He's been very, he's been very well, doing very well when uh, De'Aaron Fox was out. Um, and he looked like the future, you know, the future of the franchise, really. And But it's a huge win for Indiana to pick him up. Though. Well, and, and with Indiana, you know, they they don't they don't trade Miles Turner during the deadline, but there is a sense of you know rebuilding. You know it's the next yeah. it's the next generation. Like it's the next time we're gonna change it up, do something different, collect some picks, um, and and build around that. And you know kudos to Indiana for just picking a path because I just felt like they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. You know they 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 were never gonna be, you know competitive like they were with Paul George and Danny Granger, you know, several years ago, but they were not bad enough with Sabonis and Miles Turner and, and Brogdon to tank. Right. Mm-hmm. So now they have an opportunity to just rebuild, collect some assets and get better. And I guess with Sacramento too, now you're just running a, a De'Aaron Fox Sabonis pick and roll offense. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that works out because I think it does help with – I think Savonis does complement Fox very well um, as a big man who can shoot. Um, he's an exceptional passer for a big man. 
Um, I think it, I think offensively those two will work very well. Um, just wondering, you know, about defense because the Kings didn't do anything to improve themselves defensively. They picked up Sabonis. Um, we'll see how that works out because maybe, maybe we're all just looking at this the wrong way. Maybe Sabonis and Fox is going to be the best duo we'll ever see. Um, you know, maybe not the best we'll ever see, but you know, maybe this is way more underrated than we thought. Maybe the yeah. Kings were really onto something. Maybe, you know, Vladdy Divac knows what he's doing. Yeah, for once, maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not like he's ever shown us otherwise in his previous, you know, moves. Um, but, I mean, like, again, this is just, like, a trade I, I don't love. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. I love what it does for one organization. I, do, I don't love what it does for another organization. Where, the, yeah. the, you know, Sacramento's giving up on the prospect. The guy who really – it seems like set the tone and set the culture in a team. Whereas Indiana's getting that guy, but they're moving on, not in a negative yeah. way either, but they're moving on from a, a, a talented piece who, you know, just ran its course. It just ran its course with yeah. Sabonis in Indiana. Um, we'll, we'll do this trade quickly. Um, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Juanjo Go- Hernan Gomez goes to Utah. Thomas Adoransky goes to San Antonio in a second-round pick. Joe Ingles and Elijah Hughes in a second round pick goes to Portland. Uh, I felt compelled to talk about this purely because, you know, Joe Ingles is involved. Um, yep. You know, you always got to you know mention Joe Ingles name when you can, but I mean, he is, he is out for the rest of the year. He yep. is a free agent. He's an expiring deal. Um, I kind of thought that Portland would want to keep Nikhil Alexander Walker. Like I kind of felt like that was a young guy they'd want to add to the rest of the team. Yeah. Now he gets to go to Utah and gets to be a nice depth piece on a playoff team who, mm. you know, he can provide some shooting for when, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Conley aren't on the floor. So this makes sense from Utah's perspective. The Spurs, I guess, are doing well with getting Sadoransky, but I know it doesn't really fix their problems. Um just a quick thought on this deal. We don't need to go too long into it. Just a quick thought on that deal. Um, I think it was good for Utah to pick up another young piece and also a guard who could potentially be effective immediately. Um, Joe Ingles obviously wasn't going to play the rest of the year. They pick up Alexander Walker. So to fill that space, um, you know, Hernan Gomez probably won't see much play at all, but I thought, I thought it was a good pickup for Utah. Um, the Spurs kind of just trying to dump contract, get something in return. Um, get rid of get, get rid of uh, Hernan Gomez to pick up a second, pick up Sato, I guess, because he's on an expiring contract. Uh, Portland, you know, they get another second round pick. Joe Ingles going to expire, more cap space. Um, yeah, I was kind of confused at first as well about Alexander Walker going, but uh, looking at the Portland depth chart, I guess, from the, the guard position. Uh, you want to free up as many minutes for Simons and uh, Josh Hart as possible. So, so you know. yeah. It, it is what it is. Um, yeah. You know, hopefully Nikhil does well in Utah. Um, you know, KZ Akpala goes to OKC. Miami gets a 2026 20, second round pick. Miami opens a roster spot. Cool. Um, big four teamer on trade deadline day. Mm-hmm. So 
Milwaukee gets Serge Ibaka, two future second-round picks, and cash. Sacramento gets Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson. The Clippers get Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale, and the Pistons get Marvin Bagley. Mm-hmm. Who wins this deal, do you think? Um, I got to say my winner here is probably going to be Detroit. I think – Okay. Yeah, I think Marvin Bagley didn't really get um, his fair share of opportunity in Sacramento. You know, just playing behind, like, De'Aaron Fox, playing behind um, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, even Rashawn Holmes. Like, he just did not get to see the light of day. Um, you know, Halliburton came in as well. You know, Davion Mitchell came in. Like, it just really wasn't um, a place where he was able to grow as a player, I think, as a on Detroit, you see guys, random guys, just getting opportunities like Kelly Olynyk, Jeremy Grant. They're popping off just because there's nobody else to do anything. Like you have Kate Cunningham, and you know, just picking up younger pieces is what Detroit needs to do, and just giving them shots. Um, you know, Sadiq Bay. Like you, you just need to bring in more guys, really. Um, Jeremy Grant was getting like trade talk. Like people were really yeah. like high on Jeremy Grant at the trade deadline. Um, you know, I agree. I like this move. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate because you're going from one NBA purgatory in Sacramento to another yeah. in Detroit. Um, probably doesn't help you, you know, as much as you want. But like historically, like it is like this is his fourth season now. But mm-hmm. Bagley's, you know, pretty good for like a fourteen and seven. Like you know, he 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 can get you some points. He can get you a few rebounds. This guy does yeah. have some value. Uh, and, you know, I think for Detroit, it makes sense for them. They get another younger player, another guy that they can build around. And pro- somebody who just needs a fresh start. Like somebody yeah. who just needs like, a, a change of environment. And that'll probably do well for him. I personally really like what Milwaukee did in getting a Baca. Yeah. Who I know is not – This is he, he hasn't played like Raptors a Baca. But – He's essentially replacing a PJ Tucker role from last year mm. or the Bobby Portis role, like, which I think makes sense. I think he's good enough to do that. You know, a big guy who can give you minutes, who can shoot sometimes. Uh, I, I, I like that for the Bucs. Um, makes sense for them. And now with this move, I think I like the Kings guards. Like they have mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, they have Justin Holiday, Davian Mitchell, DiVincenzo. I think I kind of like Sacramento's cards. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, DiVincenzo was like a trade target last year for the Kings as well. Um, they were trying to do that Bogdan, Bogdanovich uh, sign in trade that didn't work out. Uh, I think now you're, they're giving up less and getting DiVincenzo now when he's healthier, um, which is good as well. Uh, I would say the other team that won this is the Clippers because you just dumped Ijibaka's contract. You already weren't using him. And then you pick up Ojolai and Hood. Um, I think that was that's quite I think that was really good for them. Just gives them a little more salary space, especially with all these guys on their roster now, like Norman Powell and Robert Covington coming in. Um, yeah. And more shooting. Like it just yeah, gives more them shooting. more shooting more shooting. Like which I mean, I don't know if you can have enough 
I should. I don't know if you can have too much shooting in today's NBA, but like having the option yeah. of more shooting um, doesn't hurt. And mm-hmm. like, never forget Rodney Hood. I think I believe he was on the 2018 Cavs, was he not? And just hardly yeah. played. And like, he's still you know getting traction and still finding value as a player, which I can appreciate. Um, let's do the Goran Dragic uh, trade. So. The Raptors, um, like, get a quality piece. The Raptors get Thaddeus Young, Drew Eubanks, and a 2022 second-round pick via Detroit from the Spurs for Goran Dragic and a future first-round pick. Um, There's some implications with the first-round pick. We don't need to get into it. But basically, you know, a first-round pick, if not two seconds. Um, Is this, like, Yusai Majiri – kind of just raiding the Spurs again almost? What, what are your thoughts on the deal? Um, I think this is quite a good deal, especially for the Raptors. Um, you're getting rid of Garon, who did not see the light of day. You're getting you're getting Thaddeus Young from the Spurs, who also wasn't seeing the light of day. But you're actually going to use Thaddeus, at least this year. Um, I believe he's on, like, an expiring contract. But I think they're both, they both are. Yeah. Well, Goran got bought out. Yeah. But they were yeah. expiring deals anyways. Yeah, Thaddeus hasn't been able to really find a spot where he could, you know, sit comfortably since he was in Chicago, which is quite a few years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, he's a good, great two-way player. He does a bit of everything. He rebounds, passes the ball, could score if you really need him to. It's not really his thing exactly, but he can do all the dirty work for the team. And the Raptors just really need somebody who is going to do the dirty work and um, Thaddeus, you know, he's a little undersized for a forward, but, you know, he can guard, you know, two to five. He could, you know, be in the Raptors rotation for the five. Um, you know, I, I know they do like to play small ball and Thaddeus can get rebounds. So we'll see how it works out because the Raptors could still get very well be in the play-ins, be in a, a real playoff spot. They could even get up to six, maybe fifth or six, maybe um, if they start, They've been on a roll lately, so if Thaddeus Young just glues it all together, then, you know, who knows? I, I kind of, like, I don't think he's on the same level as Serge or Marcus Gasol, but, like, mm-hmm. part of what made those Toronto teams good was the fact that they had, like, the big guy. Like, they had yeah. Serge and Mark to provide good minutes, good interior play, and I'm curious to see if that's what Nick Nurse uses Thaddeus for. Um, you know, Again, he can shoot. He can be like a, 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 you know, backup versatile big man if they need him to. Um, this is kind of a win-win for the Raptors. You, you at least get something. Like you're at least getting something yeah. now. Um, and, you know, like you say, they weren't using Drogic. Um He's not going to be used in San Antonio now. Apparently they're buying him out. So, why not? Why not? Why not? For both teams. Why not? Um, let's uh, we'll do it. We'll, oh, this is a quick deal. We I have to mention uh, the Orlando Magic get PJ Dozier, Bull Bull, a future second round pick, cash considerations in exchange for a future second round pick. Win for the Magic. I'm happy. I think we talked about it in our uh, NBA preview before the season, how the magic just like 
maybe not gonna be good, but they're gonna be one of the more entertaining teams with all the players, Cole Anthony, all all the dudes on that team are just fun. And now you're adding Bull Bull. I actually like BJ Dozier. Um, I remember watching him, I believe, with Denver, if I'm not mistaken. He yeah. had like you know a cup of coffee with the Nuggets. Um, I just like that for Orlando. I think that's cool. I think that's really fun. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, you know, there's picking up just picking up extra assets. Um, it's a good move. We'll so, see how it goes. I really liked how on the Orlando Magic Instagram they uh did all like the welcome to Orlando, and one of them was welcome cash considerations. Uh, they just had a, a like a picture with a bag of money. It said welcome cash considerations. I strive to be that good on social media. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. Um, all right. The big whopper from today. Mm-hmm. The Brooklyn Nets get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a first-round pick this year with the right to defer into 2023, a first-round pick in 2027, but it's pro- protected from one to eight. And the Philadelphia 76ers get James Harden and Paul Millsap. Fuji, take the floor. Your thoughts on this deal as a whole? Um, as a whole, I think this is exactly what each team was looking for. Um, in the trade, there was uncertainty about James Harden wanting to stay a Brooklyn Net. Just, you know, internal things. He didn't, you know, they just couldn't click together because they were all injured at different times. They only had, a, I believe, 16 games together, uh, where I believe they were 14-2 and two overall. But, you know, the injuries, uh, internal things like Harden didn't like Kyrie because he wasn't willing to get vaccinated. He didn't like that Kyrie was a part-time player, didn't enjoy living in Brooklyn, um, not enough strip clubs, I guess. But um, I, I heard that. I heard that when he got traded to Brooklyn. It's like, <laughs> bad idea. No good clubs in Brooklyn. No good strip clubs in Brooklyn. Yeah. I heard that, too. So, like, I should have known. Should have known. Um, yeah, so, you know, just getting rid of Harden to get something back, and they definitely did. They got Ben Simmons. Um, obviously, we don't know how good Ben Simmons is going to be. He's obviously he, – he's apparently excited. He talked to the GM. He talked to Kevin Grant. He's excited to play for the Brooklyn, uh, help them win a championship, and, you know, he'll have to train a bit and, you know, get back into shape. He has obviously hasn't been able to practice – or play games, so I'll have to get the conditioning right before you see him. Um, Seth Curry, I think, will make an immediate impact on this team. Uh, he will probably be in a starting spot on the, or at the shooting guard, point guard position. Um, he's really continued to improve every year. He's become a great playmaker. He's been a good part of Philly's success this year. And I think he'll do quite well, like, you know, as another shooter playing alongside like KD, Kyrie just opens the floor up more. He can make the right reads, the right passes. And Andre Drummond, you know, Brooklyn's kind of had a difficulty with choosing their center. Uh, I think Andre could be there. He can clean up boards. And, you know, he might, you can just get boards. Like they need boards, they need somebody in the paint. And yeah, I think this trade just made a lot of sense for both teams. Um, I have to agree with you. I, I, I mean, as much as I want to call James Harden a bit of a bitch for leaving a good situation, 
mm-hmm. because it wasn't going well. Um, that's just the leverage that players have today. Players yeah. can want to, you know, players can go wherever essentially. And James Harden essentially got that. Um, I'm really excited to see him in Philadelphia. I'm excited to see him with Embiid. Um, mm. You know, you sent it to me earlier. Philadelphia maybe with arguably the best lineup in the East right now with Maxi Thibault, um, two not talked about enough players. Yeah, Harden, Embiid. I'm I'm excited for Philadelphia, and I think with Philadelphia too. I mean, you, you had to when Ben Simmons didn't come back this year, but you had to just move apart from Simmons yeah. and B. It just wasn't working. It, it just was was not working. It Similar to Sabonis in Indiana, it just ran its course, and you just got to mm-hmm. move on and go your separate ways. So in that regard, kudos to Philadelphia. And there is part of me that wants to see Ben Simmons succeed. Like, I want to see this dude do well in the NBA. I think he's, you know – a nice guy. I, I think he is a talented player. I, I don't think he's an asshole. I think he really, you know, is trying his best, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, you know, to do well. And, you know, if it comes to it, maybe we'll do a Brooklyn Golden State Finals and the Curry brothers get to go at it, one another. That would be exciting. Also, like, 2013 Ian would be stoked to see like Blake Griffin and Drummond on the same team, like the modern version of the Twin Towers. Oh man, I wonder how excited you were when they were both together in Detroit. Not great, but like because it's Detroit, right? Uh huh. Now, now it's so much better. Now it's so much better because they're on a winning team, and like their roles are reduced. So <laughs> now they're role players. It's, it's, it's just great. Um, we got a few more here that we're going to do. Derek White goes to the Boston Celtics for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a first-round pick that is protected one to four, and they get to swap rights on the 2028 first-round pick. This might be the biggest trade that no one is talking about, I feel like, at the deadline, because mm-hmm. Derek White is – an underrated point guard. He's been the best play, probably the MVP for the Spurs this season. And over DeJounte Murray? Uh, no, DeJounte, no, DeJounte. Yeah, you're right, DeJounte. And I I I don't know. I don't know. I like Derek White. Like I, I've always like I've been mm-hmm. a fan of the Spurs guards for a few years now, right? Yeah. He was there before and everyone else. I I was there before everyone. I was talking about it in, in like high school, man. And like <laughs> This is like after, you know, Ginobili and Parker and Duncan retired. I was on it when everybody was not. But, um, God, this seems like a lot for Derek White, no? Um, But at the same time, to play devil's advocate here, mm. um, you know, the Celtics get another really good quality guard, which they've been kind of looking for for a while now since Kyrie left. Mm. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? I think this is really good for the Celtics. Like, I think Josh Richardson was doing okay. He wasn't really like what they needed, though. Like Josh Richardson, good shooting, good defense for like a role player kind of guy. Um, they give up Romeo Langford, who wasn't really getting much minutes anyways. 
that was a weird was, and that was a yeah. that was a weird pick too when they took him. It was just like I would rather have other guys mm. um than Langford, but that was yeah. that's just me. Yeah, you never know like what they see in a player or like, you know, how, how maybe they had a great workout or something. And it's the Celtics too. Like typically, like they're they're a smart enough organization to know who yeah. they're taking. Yeah. Um I'm really big on the Derek White uh deal because I don't think Derek White is like going to be a guy who's going to take over the game. Obviously he's not like a huge scorer. Um, I think he's a better defender than Josh Richardson, Josh Richardson. Um, obviously a much better passer and playmaker. So I'm thinking that uh, if Derek White gets um, put in the system pretty well, uh, he could be kind of the guy that solves the disconnect between uh, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, where there's just not enough ball movement, um, you know, they aren't, they aren't getting all the touches or they're not getting the ball where they need to get the ball. Um, you know, I, I think this will be a great pickup and we'll see it because the Celtics are also kind of figuring it out. They're becoming a very good defensive team. Uh, Derek White improves their defense, improves their offense. Um, this should just be a really good pickup. And they have a first year coach too. Boston does. So yeah. like, I think there's still a bit of time for them. Like, I don't think there's any rush to really do well. I think mm. there's still a bit of patience with a new organization. And Derek White is still young enough that, um, you know, they can still build around him and they can still have patience with him. Yeah. Um, quick trade, well, smaller trade. Torrey Craig to Phoenix, Jalen Smith to Indiana and a future second-round pick. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Phoenix just gets another, you know, player that can play now Jalen Smith goes to Indiana and you know continues their rebuild fine yeah. trade for both teams I don't have a problem with it yeah yeah Jalen Smith's pretty like a raw prospect he could be like a pretty good center um we'll see how it goes because I know Miles did play the four as well so that might be able to get Jalen Smith minutes at the five or just off the bench so it's not like he'll be like stuck on the bench trying to get minutes behind Turner like they could play alongside each other at times uh, Miles Turner is used to that. I think Turner would like to play the five, though. Yeah. Uh, I think he is excited to play with Hal Burton at the, as point guard and him at the five. Um, you know, I think just picking up young guys, it's always a good thing. And as a pick, uh, Phoenix gets Torrey Craig as to their insane depth chart because you can't be too deep, apparently. Can never go in deep enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like you say, can never go too deep. Never go too deep. <laughs> no. Um, this is an interesting trade. I thought maybe I thought about this more than other people. When Trezel Harold to the Charlotte Hornets uh, for Ish Smith and Vernon Carey Jr. Um, I don't know. I feel like I thought Harold was fitting in like all right with Washington. I, I guess Charlotte just wanted a big man for a bit of a run here but like yeah um yeah i think yeah i think it was just complete robbery on the side of charlotte like they picked him up for free really yeah um no offense to ish smith or vernon carey jr who i'm sure are watching the podcast but like i'm sure yeah we're sure they're watching yeah like harold's been a really good guy with the wizards this year and they're only what two games out of the playoffs, one game out of the playoffs, and you yeah. trade one of your better players? I, I, we'll talk about the other trade later on about this, but, like, mm. 
What did you think about this move? Um, I thought it was kind of a it was really weird because maybe Trez isn't the guy they're looking for. Uh, it really opens up some more uh, play and spacing for Porzingis since they just picked him up as well, who we'll probably jump right into next. Um, you know, also Bradley Beal uh, out for the rest of the season, getting season-ending wrist surgery. Um, you know, I think they're just really trying to go with the Kuz and Porzingis um, just trying to get as much spacing as possible because I think realistically, if you're going to have your lineup, you're going to have Kristaps at the four, probably Kuz at the three. You're going to have KCP at the two. Um, Lakers legends, Kuz yeah. and KCP. Le- legends, absolute legends. KCP carried LeBron and Anthony Davis to a title, by the way. Um, and Kuz was there. Uh, yeah. I, I think Frank, yeah. Frank Vogel is thankful for KCP for getting him to the, the championship. Yep. KCP gave Frank Vogel a job. Um, you know, I think Charlotte has really got Trez for free and they're going to use him pretty well. Him and LaMelo are going to run rampant in the pick and roll. Yeah. It's just another reason, like, for me to, I, I don't know if I can be a Charlotte bandwagoner, but it's like another reason for me to like Charlotte because I mm. liked Harold and I liked it when he was on. It was like one of the few Clippers I liked, and he went to the Lakers and it didn't really work out. Like yeah. Frank never just used him right, and seemingly whenever he was doing good, it was like, all right, Marcus you're on. And it's just like I, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I'm going to be a Hornets fan, but I kind of, I kind of want to be now. Um, you, you talked about it. Let, let's discuss this. The Washington Wizards get Chris Stapps-Brazingas and a future second-round pick. Dallas Mavericks get Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Mm-hmm. Um, good good for the Wizards? Um, they yeah. They get, rid, they get rid of the Bertans contract, but yeah, you know, really Yeah, they're giving up two guys that weren't really clicking for the Wizards. Um, guys that kind of weren't fitting in well, not really getting used. Like Dinwiddie, obviously, is getting used. He wasn't playing very consistently. Bertans, he had a big contract, and he wasn't really getting many minutes. Obviously, he's getting favor- other guys favored over him, like Kuz, uh, KCP. Um, yeah, like, they just couldn't really get minutes for Bertans. Uh, adding more shooting around Luka, adding hopefully Dinwiddie and Bertans will play up to a high a level higher level than before this year. Um, they were much better in years prior. Uh, I'm wondering what Luca thinks about it because Luca had 38 points at halftime. So he's obviously pissed. Um, you know, they just, he just gave away Christoph Pazingas for like a crypto merchant and a ginger. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what Mark Cuban was thinking. Maybe he just really wanted to win tonight. But, you know, I hope that Dinwiddie does well. Does better than before. Better than, yeah. (sighs) You know, I liked Davis Bertans for, like, a bit. Like, as, like, you know, a money ball. Like, as one of those undervalued guys who, like, Mm -hmm. just did one thing pretty well. Yeah. And then the Wizards gave him $80 million. And it was just like, you fucking idiots. This is not the guy you give $80 million to. Yeah. But, I mean, 
I, I'm also curious, you know, Chris Dabbs, you know, he went from New York, now he's going to Dallas, now he's going to Washington. Like, he's really getting to explore America. And I'm really excited to see how that goes <laughs> for him. Like, he really gets to travel the United States and yep. see all different parts of the country. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if that makes and And, you know, we chatted about it off the air, about, you know, DFS getting an extension too. Um, like that's not really a guy. I mean, he's a fine player, but like, I don't know if I, I don't think I would pay him $50 million over four years. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That was a bit questionable. Like you're, I think you're trying to bring in like a free agent to play with Luca and you're spending money on a guy that's not close to being a near all-star, not like a super good role player. Um, it's kind of makes me wonder, are they going to be able to afford Jalen Brunson when his contract expires? You know, they signed Tim Hardaway Jr. Like they don't have that much more money to play around with. Uh, Bertans and Dinwiddie have bigger contracts. so They have to produce. Yeah. Just a lot of questions. Yeah. Which is kind of too bad. Cause I think we were a bit skeptical maybe on Dallas at the beginning of the season. Mm. And they didn't really do anything to um, alleviate any of those concerns, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, the last trade we're going to talk about here, Daniel Thice going back to uh, Boston in exchange. Welcome back. Welcome back um, in exchange for Dennis Schroeder, uh, Enos Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Schroeder or Schroeder? I always forget. Yeah, Schroeder. Schroeder? Okay. Um, I, I like Schroeder. Like, I kind of, I wish he stayed with the Lakers. Mm. I get why it wasn't working in Boston. Um, you know, Houston, uh, bought out whatever Enos Freedom's contract. I don't think Bruno Fernando has really thought of much there. Um, this seems like a win for the Rockets. This is just trading Thice for Schroeder. And I think Schroeder is a, like still a valuable player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting rid of Tice frees up some money. Obviously, waving Enos frees up some money. Not that much. He wasn't worth very much. Um, Bruno Fernando is pretty cheap. He could maybe be waived. Dennis Schroeder could maybe be waived as well. Um, yeah, like the Rockets, um, you know, they could wave Schroeder or maybe they just let his contract expire. Rockets trying to dump some salary. They didn't get any assets, really. Um, but, you know, just making up some more money, trying to get contract extensions, obviously, for Cape Kevin Porter Jr. Um, probably going to get a contract extension for Jayshon Tate. Christian Wood, obviously, needs a contract extension. Um, just trying to keep that core of players together. Uh, maybe even, you know, be able to bring a free agent into Houston. You never know. You never know. Um, it can't get any worse for Houston, who are currently 15 and 40 this season. Uh-huh. So it can't get any worse. Um, is there any other deal or any other NBA trade deadline um, item that you want to discuss here? Because we do have a mailbag. No, let's go to the mailbag. Why not? All right, let's go to the mailbag. Uh, friend of the pod, Max, asked 
will we see any more big moves, i.e., um, um, like buyouts, people signing, et cetera, et cetera? Um, and what are Portland and Sac thinking? So Portland is rebuilding, and they're mm-hmm. playing a very risky game, I feel like, because they, you know, they have all this cap space and they think they're going to sign people to play with Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I think the buyout market it might be a little thin because I think a lot of the guys who people would would have thought about buying out, like Westbrook, John Wall, Kimba Walker, their contracts are just way too big. They're not going to get bought out. Um, they're going to at least you try to use them, use them sparingly. Um, it's just too much to take on. Um, so I think the buyout market most is mostly going to be for like teams that are pretty much set already there's i don't think there's gonna be any big pieces maybe just waving some players and then trying to get um players who are on 10-day contracts like boogie we're probably looking at boogie probably as probably one of the best pickups um i saw today that uh, moses brown hit the hit the um market um he was waived somebody could buy get him pick him up um michael carter williams as well yeah, I don't think the bio market is going to be too big unless you want to pick up old retired guys from the Lakers. Um, yeah. Uh, are, we Portland, all, are, we all, yeah. are we all trying to get old retired guys from the Lakers? Yeah, of course. Everybody wants Kent Bazemore. Everyone wants DeAndre Jordan. Trevor Ariza. Uh, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington. Your favorite. Dwight Howard. Everybody wants them, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Portland – they are picking up some assets, not uh, maybe not the best assets, mostly second round picks. Um, and the most significant pickup was Josh Hart. Um, yeah, all the other guys are just like car parts, like Eric Bledsoe. He's probably a good car part, but still like a car part. Um, you know, they're just not really picking up enough. They have a lot of money, though. A car part is a car part. It is, a, it is a car part, but it's just not like, you know. Some car we, parts are better than others, but in the end, we're all car parts. Yeah, but, you know, I think the, the goal was for them to, you know, pick up a car, not like a yeah bolt or a screw. I don't know. Um, or, a we- or a wheel. Like, they wanted yeah. like, a car. Yeah, they're getting a lot of money. They could potentially offer big contracts to younger players that are on expiring contracts. Um Really, it seems to me that they're not building for Dame. They're building for Anthony Simons, which was exciting because I, I did not believe in Simons. I think Ian and Scott were big on him, but I was like, who is this guy? I who, who, the hell, be, I, I, who, what, who the I, hell comes into Portland and does well? I thought That's he was going to be okay, all right? I thought he was going to be Yeah, he's, he's looking very good. Like He's looking yeah. like he's the next Dame, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't think the free agent market has ever worked for Portland. They're big, they've they were they drafted CJ and Dame. Um, they traded for Nurkic very early in his career. Their biggest free agent signings ever was Carmelo Anthony and mm. like Tony Snell, mm. um, and not even like Knicks or the Nuggets Mello. It's like Mello after he was in Houston uh, in OKC. Um, you know, no disrespect to Mello, but it just wasn't. You, they never got anybody really good in free agency that changed the 
direction or changed how good they were in free agency. Speaking of old retired guys on the Lakers, Carmelo. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Portland is like Toronto, right? Like, it's just a tough sell for free agents mm-hmm. to go play there. And I totally get it. I love Portland. I'd love to go live there. But I'm also not an NBA player who's making eight figures uh, to go play basketball. It's yeah. a bit different. Um, and then Sac for Sacramento, I guess they're trying to win now. But, like, you're, yeah. expedi- you're expediting that process, but you're n- not really letting it. You're not really letting it fizz out properly. Like you're not really letting yeah. it, you know, mature naturally, which is a bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Sacramento? Um, I think looking at it, you know, if they're trying to make a play-in spot, they're not, you know, from between Pelicans, Blazers, Kings, any of them could get the spot right now. Even the Spurs could get the spot. Um, you know, even I mean, even OKC could get that last tenth spot. Obviously, the Lakers aren't looking good. Um, you know, I think if the Kings, if this Sabonis box duo does work out, they have decent guys like Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, now they pick up Dante DiVincenzo. They could actually make a push realistically, especially, you know, considering it's like very tight in those, that area. Um, Darren Fox and Sabonis aren't like that old they're kind of like just starting at their prime they're like what in like 26 they're in their late 20s like, like they're they're, yeah. they're they're meant to win right now yeah they, they could totally you know I think, I think they're like 25 26 like they're not very old they could definitely be a duo together for another five years or so um and they could potentially attract free agents if they are looking good um you know i think it wasn't that bad of a move. I just thought that Halliburton is going to be really good, and he is really good. Um, there, there, know, is some, yeah. there, there is something to be said for like if you acquire the best player, you win the trade. But like, yeah, it, it just feels like a bit of a, a hit to the culture in Sacramento. Yeah, you know, we'll have to look at this trade again in like a year or two. Yeah, you know, see where Halliburton's development goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Raymond asked Goran Dragic, Malachi, and a second for Miles Turner. Um, you know, it, would that be a would that have been an option? And I don't know that Indiana would have done that. Um, it seems like a like not enough. Maybe a first for Miles Turner. I'm sure that's probably what they were asking for as a first for Miles Turner. That's yeah. what I would have been asking for. But um, did you think there was ever a chance that Miles Turner would be on the move? Um, I definitely thought Miles Turner was going to be on the move over Sabonis for sure. I thought there was more interest in Miles Turner. Um, obviously, Sabonis is like was an All Star. I think Miles Turner, um, as a shot blocking big, um, had more value to a lot of contenders. Mm-hmm. And also, since he's also in the same age range as like the Fox Sabonis, he's like twenty six years old. Um, you know, he's very valuable, especially to the Raptors, um, who have a lot of players around that age where they are, you know, kind of approaching their prime. And um, Miles Turner probably would have been the perfect piece because they he's exactly what they need. They need a guy who rebound, shot block shots, the big man who can defend. Um, like definitely that, would have been the perfect uh, piece. Well, I was going to say, Thad Young is kind of like a 
poor man's version of Miles Turner, right? Like kind of like a little like. I would say Thaddeus is more like poor man's dream hungry. Yeah. Okay, but like yeah. I guess my point is that with Thaddeus Young, you're kind of dipping your toes in the like you're not going all in. Like you're not yeah. going. You're not. You're not. Um, you're not diving into the deep end. You're putting your water in the in a shallow way. Like you're dipping your toes in a shallow way. Yeah, it's kind of what you're doing with Thaddeus Young, which. I don't blame the Raptors kind of with how this season's going. Um, and I think a big deal like that is maybe more of an off-season thing. Mm. But I, I think if you if you were wanting to trade for Miles Turner, it had to at least have been a first. And I don't know how many teams would have been yeah. offering that. Yeah, I think Sabonis and Turner probably had very similar trade value. Like they were going to keep they were likely going to keep one or give up both. I knew at least we had to know like at least one of them was going to get moved. But if you see an offer like um, Buddy Heald and Halliburton going, uh, you know, for Sabonis, you're probably expecting that Indiana had a similar asking price for Miles Turner as well. Um, you know, even though he's not as established, he's, you know, he's got more value to more teams. More teams want Miles Turner than Sabonis, I thought. And he's still 25 years old. Yeah. Like, he's still a young guy with plenty of time, you know, to become a, a, a quality NBA player. If he isn't already, he's going to get even better and he's going to be even more valuable. So, um, and then finally, uh, last question, uh, Matthew asked, Adam Silver, soft, where's Stern? Um, spoiler, Matthew, Stern's dead. Stern's not coming back. Um, do you think Adam Silver's soft? Is he a fine commissioner? Um. You know, I, th- I think the reason why people say he's, like, more soft is mostly because of the whole referee technical things. Um, and it's not, know, that's not even, that's not even him. That's just how today's No, it's just kind of how it's ref, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that players say a lot worse things than we think they probably say. Probably. Um, probably. I, well, I, well, I know that they were thinking about doing, like, full mic'd up games like when they were in the bubble and then people were just like actually with what players say on the court it's probably a good idea we don't yeah Um, but yeah i i'm i think adam silver is actually better than most commissioners in major sports in north america Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean also david stern was the guy that put the dress code because of alan iverson he's also the guy who didn't pay the players forced an nba lockout I think Adam Silver is doing a better job right now. Obviously, Which, players weren't a big fan of the bubble, but they did choose to go through with it. Like it was their op, it was their choice whether they stopped the season or they continued in the bubble. Um, and I think it's pretty fair, honestly. Um, I know he's really trying to get this like mid-season tournament going, which would be cool, like for TV and stuff, just for you know actually having a championship and players potentially getting injured in the mid-season tournament, just playing extra games that they don't need to, even though they're, like, top teams. Um, You know, that – obviously, I can see why they want to do it for money, but also, you know, it's just not a very good idea for the players. And players obviously aren't behind it as well. Yeah. I think he's doing a good job. I think he's doing just fine. Don't don't worry, Adam. You're doing great. Thumbs up. Um. Fuji, that's all I got, man. Uh, this has been a really fun pod. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to say before we head out here? 
Um, I don't know, man. The Lakers need to do something. And if I have to keep watching them struggle, I'm going to become a Pacers fan or something. Honestly, I was what we, I think the next time we get on, we need to figure out our uh, NBA bandwagon team for the playoffs with the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my bandwagon team. Got to think about it. I got to think about, I think mine, gotta, might, my, mine might be Charlotte. Yeah. I think, you know, I think if I pick the Raptors, I'll be accepted. Miss mostly because I just live in Canada. Um, more more th- people might listen to this podcast if we bandwagon for the Raptors. So maybe that's what we should be yeah. I think um I think if I was gonna choose a couple, I would choose like the Grizzlies or the Cavs because they're young up and coming teams. They're gonna be fun to watch. Nobody wants to see them in the first round or second round even. And, um, and, no- and nobody's rooting for Cleveland. Who, yeah. who, the hell, who the hell's actually rooting for Cleveland? Like, I'll, I will stand the Cavs. I was, I kind of, yeah. I kind of even like Kevin the Love Cavs, stand. Yes, I will stand. I will stand. Kevin Love, the Cavs, Mobley, Jared Allen. I mean, yeah. my full support, Cleveland. The East runs through Cleveland, man. Ian we're call, Kins, we're calling Kevin that Love. Now. We're calling that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think who, who else would I choose? Um, honestly, it sounds kind of weird. I would choose the Clippers as well. During the playoffs, oh, um, you know, there's, there's no Paul George, there's no Kawhi Leonard, and they're still outperforming the Lakers. Like I feel like the battle, you know, they always do the battle for LA thing, and they literally lost the other day. That Russell Westbrook, they had AD. Clippers don't have Paul George, they don't have Kawhi Leonard, and they beat the Lakers because Reggie Jackson just took over the game. Like Reggie Jackson took over the game. Like who would have like three years ago? Who would tell you? that Reggie Jackson was going to kill a super team on his own. Like, the team's just built so well. And if Kawhi and Paul George were actually healthy for once, like, they would actually just be – they would be on the top of the list. Guys with glasses, Reggie Jackson, I, I have to support Reggie Jackson. Like, yeah, like – He was also one of the – he was also one of, like, the highest, um, like, highly rated ISO players last year. And of course, when you think of best ISO players in the NBA, you think of Reggie Jackson, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know he has he has Jarvis in those goggles, man. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, well, Fuji, thank you very much for doing this. Greatly appreciated as always. Uh, thank you to everybody yeah. for listening. Thanks for having uh, me. Thank you to everybody for the support, and we'll be back again soon. Peace out.